0: Friends, our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Luke. I'll be reading from chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit for the reading of the Gospel. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth's peace to those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated.
1: And friends, let's pray once more. Gracious God, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be faithful in your sight. For you, God, and you alone are our rock, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. I've told some some people today, is it too early to say Merry Christmas? But I guess, no, it's not. We can say it. We can say it. Uh, It's good to see you here this morning as we are right in the middle of Christmas. Uh, I hope you'll come back tonight, 5, 7, or 11. Uh, And today we are bringing our um, Advent sermon series, Breath of Heaven, to a close. And as I just told the kids, we're talking about how we are all invited To come to the manger and experience, along with the shepherds, this wonderful good news that the angels say is for all people that will bring great joy, that love is born for us this day. And as we begin this morning, I would like to share with you a story. And um, this story is about a man named Franz Jagerstatter. Uh, I'm going to call him Frank, because my German's not very good. Um, But like Jesus, Frank was born uh, to poor and unmarried parents. Uh, But unlike Jesus, he was not born in first century Palestine, but he was born in the kingdom of Austria in the year 1907, in a small, insignificant village on the border of Germany. And because France was poor, or Frank, uh, he was teased when he was in school. He was picked on, He wore the same clothes every day. He might have smelled a little bit funny. He was teased. He did not have power in the traditional sense. He grew up on a farm, and so I'm going to guess that Frank was pretty familiar with the feeding troughs, the mangers that Jesus was born into. He probably fed his animals in similar mangers. Frank's dad uh, served in World War I and was killed in action. Uh, and Frank grew up on the farm with his mother. And then uh, in 1938, in March of that year, uh, is when the Nazis moved into Austria. And Frank's life was changed forever. Now, I don't know if you knew this, because this was news to me when I learned about his life this week, that um, about a year after the Nazis came into Austria, uh, there was a national vote to decide if the Austrian people would allow the Germans to annex their country. Uh, and this was a national vote, and because of the intimidation and the power of the German government at that time, it was a public vote vote, 99.7% of Austrians approved the annexation of their country to Nazi Germany. Only 0.3% said no. And Frank was one of that 0.3%. In fact, he was the only person in his village to vote no. And as soon as word got out that Frank was not going to support the powers that be, he was pushed to the margins. In fact, on Friday night, I watched a movie about his life. It came out in 2019. It's called The Hidden Life. And and, and in this movie, they particularly spend a lot of time showing how him and his wife and his three kids were really pushed to the margins. Uh, People in their village did not treat them well. They were seen as traitors, outcasts. But Frank's vote of no was surprising. It was unexpected. And friends, I tell you the story of Frank this morning because as I've spent some time in this Christmas text today, and as I've spent time in the Bible, I've become convinced, and this is a maxim I think we can take as true, that in the unexpected places, in the surprising moments of life, And in the unexpected parts of the Bible, this is usually the place where God is trying to get our attention. This is usually the place where the good news of great joy for all people is being revealed. And friends, that's exactly the truth here on Christmas. So this morning, we're taking a little look at the shepherds, and and I wonder if we always appreciate how surprising it would have been For the readers of the Christmas story in the first century, that the angels appear to shepherds. Not to anybody who's powerful, not to anybody who is wealthy, not to anybody who has any social influence, but to poor, ordinary, humble shepherds working the graveyard shift. Not in the town of Bethlehem, but way out in the fields on the margins. And it's to these ordinary, unassuming, unexpected characters that the angels come in all of their glory and they announce the good news of great joy for all people that on this night in the city of David, a Savior is born. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of who the, the good news is going to come to, I would expect it to come to somebody like the priests or maybe the governor's somebody who would have a little more social influence and social capital. But I want us to consider this morning what it might tell us about who God is and what about this love that God reveals that it comes first to simply ordinary people. The angels, after they announce their glorious good news, they tell the shepherd something that's even more surprising— They say, look for the sign of this great love. And the sign of this great love will be found in a baby. A powerless, vulnerable baby. Born not in a five-star hotel, but behind a motel, in a stable, in a feeding trough. To poor and unmarried parents the sign of God Almighty's power and love is a baby. Powerless, vulnerable, and innocent. I think this juxtaposition speaks loud and clear for any ear who can hear it. The power of God's love is fundamentally different than any power ever known. God's power is not found in the standard us versus them structures. God's power is not found in, po- in politics, in governments, in economics, in social centers of power. If it was, it wouldn't have come to the shepherds, and it wouldn't have come to you and me. It probably would have come to the senators of Rome, or to the high priests, or to somebody who was a little more important. But no, the sign of God's all-redeeming, all-powerful love is found in vulnerability, is found in innocence, is found in powerlessness. This was breaking news 2,000 years ago. This was unexpected. And I believe that it can still be unexpected. And it can still be good news for us today that the power of God's love can be found in what seems to be powerless circumstances. In fact, it is the only power that can change the world, the power of God's love found in a baby. It is the power of God's agape love. And this agape love we hear about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Apostle Paul uses that Greek word agape, which is specifically the love of God, to say this love is kind. This love is patient. This love does not insist on its own way. It is not envious. It is not boastful. It is not rude. That's our love. But God's love, born to us this day, endures all things, bears all things, and invites you to come and discover the only power that can truly change our hearts and change our world, and to discover that it might just be found in powerlessness. If you have ever held a baby, you maybe know the power of this kind of love. Now, I will never miss an opportunity to talk about my niece, Carpenter. She turns three years old tomorrow. She was born Christmas Day 2020. And I can remember very vividly the first time I saw her. I can remember vividly the first time I held her, and I felt the same way that very first time as I felt last night when I held her at my parents' house. I felt love. Now, the thing about a baby, of course, is they're powerless. They're vulnerable, and yet they still seem to have power over us. Not a power by force but a power by invitation to behold in their face beauty, vulnerability, powerlessness. But they have that power to evoke real love in us. Friends, I think this is why the sign of God's love is a baby, because in a baby we see an image, a symbol, a metaphor of the kind of agape love that God has for us. It will not change the world by force. It will not change the world by might. But it will change the world by inviting you to come with the shepherds and experience the news that will always be news and will always be good that God's love is found in powerlessness. Now, to go back to Frank for a moment here. Um, He was eventually drafted by the Nazis. In the spring of 1943, he was called up. And when he reported to training camp, he shared with the officials that he would not serve in the war. He had a conscientious objection. He refused to be a part of what the Nazis were doing because he knew there was a difference between the power of that government and the power of God's love that he knew in his heart. And Frank knew that by refusing the Nazis, he was putting his life at risk. So he went to consult his priests and even the bishop to ask them what he should do. And do you want to guess what the priests and the bishops told Frank he should do? They said he should do his duty to God and to his country and serve in the army. But Frank said, I simply can't do it. He refused. So he was arrested, tried for treason, and on July 9th, 1943, he was executed by the German government. Now, I'm aware that's kind of a heavy thing for Christmas Eve morning, but I want to suggest to you that Frank's life breathes for us today an invitation. It gives flesh and bone to this powerless power of jesus christ for i submit to you that frank was not powerless but he knew a power that was greater than any other the power found in the face of a baby boy the power of god's agape love that changed his heart and can still change our hearts today it might have seemed like he failed it might have seemed like he lost but, friends, I think he won. And in 2007, the Catholic Church decided to make Frank a saint of the church, not because of any miracle he did, but simply because he stood up for his faith and embraced a powerless power that is, in fact, the most powerful force in the world. So, I want to invite you this morning to consider for yourself where you maybe feel powerless today. Maybe you feel powerless over grief. Maybe you feel powerless over a circumstance in your life. Maybe you feel powerless over sin that has a tight grip on your heart or some other circumstance in the world. In the face of all the violence and danger we see on the news, we can't help but feel powerless at times. Friends, I invite you to get in touch with that powerlessness. Because I believe it is only if we discover those powerless places in our hearts that we will find the fertile soil where Christ can be born. For as long as we maintain the illusion that we are powerful and in control and not uh, responsible for the hurt in our own lives and in the hurt of others, there will never be a place for the powerless Christ to be born. But if we can make a space a manger almost in our hearts sure enough christ will come and the power of god's all redeeming love will find us and will transform us like it transformed frank and like it transformed the shepherds may we hear this invitation breathe for us today May that love seize our hearts in the same way that it seized Frank and the shepherds, and may it take root in the places of your hearts that are desperate to hear news that is good for all people. And may we rejoice in that surprising and unexpected love of God that comes to us in a powerless baby, Jesus Christ, born for us this day. Thanks be to God. Amen.